So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of Stop Drinking and Start Living. And we are here with another beautiful guest today to share her story and all of the service that she's doing in the world. And it's her birthday, which I just (laughs) am thrilled that she's spending her birthday morning with us. So hopefully this is just an empowered way for for you to start the day. Dina Barnes, welcome. And thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I like to start with having you tell our listeners about what you are up to that is magical these days and how you're spreading your light out into the world. Absolutely. So um, as you said, my name is Dina Barnes, and I have um, been working on lately just tapping more into into understanding who I am, I guess is the base, the basic, most basic way I could put it, um, and really embracing and being empowered by who I am, and so to speak, kind of taking the mask off um, that I feel like I was wearing when before I started, you know, my journey of sobriety, um, and just embracing that face and embracing that body, um, just as it is, without needing to do anything else. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I know I found that too, you know, as you start to unravel the layers of yourself, it's like alcohol just hid all of the best parts 
of you, you know? And so Mm -hmm. now you have this beautiful opportunity to go back and look and see, you know, wow, what, who am I? It's a beautiful, it really is a beautiful journey, challenging, but awesome. Um, so do you want to just start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about the beginning story of your, um, relationship with alcohol? Uh, sure. So for me, it's been a very long relationship. I actually started drinking when I was quite young, like 14-ish, 14, 15 years old, and it's continued forward from there. Um, and it was one of those things that just kind of randomly happened. It wasn't, you know, no one coaxed me with a bottle like, here, go drink, you know. I just basically was a very curious young person, and my dad always kept liquor in the house. And I remember, I still remember the day because I he he was away you know we had a big house in Maryland and I was just exploring the house and looking all around and then I got up in the cabinet and I was like huh what's this brown stuff (laughs) and I poured me a glass and it was like forward movement from there (laughs) absolutely ridiculous you know and then when I moved back to the north suburbs of Illinois you know it's very quiet in the suburbs. There's literally nothing for people to do. So if you're not constantly keeping your kids in activities in the suburbs, like they're going to get into stuff. So my friends and I would get together. For some reason, people always thought I was older than what I was. So I would be the one that would go into the liquor store. They would never ask me for my ID. I would grab, you know, cheap liquor because I knew nothing about drinking. So I was like grabbing Mad Dog 2020. And, you know, just really when I look back at it, I'm like, dang, at least I could have been a little more classy about it. You know, but hey, whatever. It was, you know, early 2000s or whatever. So now I'm grabbing Alize and all kind of crap. And so, you know, we would find a park or find wherever and just drink and rap and be silly, you know. And as I got older, you know, boys were introduced to the situations, different things started happening, you know. Um, and although I was... I would say, I don't know, smart enough, I guess, to at least get my career going. Um, Like I started my, I got certified in massage therapy right after high school. Um, So I started my career very early. um, And, you know, but even with that, I still was drinking throughout the whole time. But it really came to a head the last, like, I've been sober six years, so about 10 years ago, um, after I got married, um, things like that, I just started drinking so much more. Like, my husband worked a lot, and he was always out of the house, and, you know, I just, I don't know, liquor became my friend, and so I would go to the store, I would get a bottle of wine, I would go back and get another bottle, next thing you know, I got three, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. it would just build up, and, you know, it, we would have arguments, we would have all kind of just really silly things that should that wouldn't have happened if there weren't there if there wasn't alcohol involved um so he basically gave me an ultimatum an ultimatum at one point where he was like you know it's going to kind of be the liquor of me because i can't keep coming home to a stranger basically and not knowing what i'm walking in the door to and you know we lost a child we had all kind of things that kind of happened or lost a baby i got pregnant and had a miscarriage and you know just certain things started happening where i was just like 
I, I'm better than this. Like, I know better than this. You know, I, I was a yogi, you know, I was vegan. I, I knew stuff, you know, it wasn't like I didn't know things. It was just that alcohol had a hold on me. So I did a detox. I, you know, did some things to just kind of cleanse my body. We took a trip to LA and Venice Beach. And, you know, I just like walked on the beach and kind of did a ritual where I like, you know, just threw my dress off and just went in the ocean, you know, and just kind of started some cleansing work and then it was just forward moving from there and I we eventually got pregnant again and you know now I have my daughter and it's kind of when as a mom I don't ever want to put her through knowing that person that I was so at this point there's really no turning back you know yeah, yeah well congratulations is amazing I mean I know the firsthand the journey and so I'm just proud of you because it's yeah it's like one of those things you turn around one day and you're like wait what what's going on? <laughs> like, who yeah, am I, you know, it's, yeah. Um, I mean, you think you have it under control, you think it's fun, but it's even now on the other side of it, I'm like, man, there were so many things that weren't right. Like that. Yeah. I just, because I was young and, you know, didn't know anything. I didn't know that it wasn't right. You know? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can't see it when you're in it, you know? Yeah. And like, you look back and you're like, Oh, wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I love that you mentioned the part about doing a ritual. Um, because I know that the work you do, and I would love to talk about that, um, is involved in, like you talked about being a yogi and massage therapist is like really holistic healthcare and beauty. Um, and um, that was something for me personally, when I really dove into looking at my life as a sacred journey and just like, just looked around me, literally mm -hmm. stopped and like, what do these things that I've been doing for so long really mean to me? And it was like, yeah you know, it's like, you don't, if you don't stop to ask the question, do I even want this? It just, you just keep responding to the triggers without slowing down. So what would you, would you say it was like for you, it was part of that, of slowing down just to kind of look around and say, you know, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, um, because I started like my journey with yoga and things like that quite young, like I was like 15 or, you know, some, somewhere around the same time that I started drinking, I also started doing yoga. Like, it, it, you know, it was like the light and dark, right? Always happening at the same mm -hmm. time. Um, so, you know, I would have these periods where I would fast. I would have these periods where, you know, I, I did a lot of like theological research. So, you know, I would be at the mosque, I would be at the church, I would be at the Buddhist temple, you you know, so there were all these things that, you know, I was introducing to myself or that were being introduced to me by the universe to kind of give me another point of view on things. So understanding that the world is bigger than just myself, understanding that interconnectedness of myself with the world around me always kept me at a more heightened awareness. So even as, as you know, I would be one of those people that like I was the philosopher when I drank, you know, like I would get drunk and then I would just break down all of those things that was in my head, you know, and I would just go on these long rants about the spirit and the consciousness and this and that, you know, but I was also a follower of like the road right and you know and all of these old writers and so I wanted to be a writer at a point in my life so um you know I thought at one moment that you needed to drink in order to write you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. you needed to be in this you know altered state of consciousness in order to create and things like that um 
you know, because I was a rapper and I felt like my rhymes came out more, you know, when I drank. It was just, you know, just very interesting that how those dual things were happening. But definitely because of that, I understood that there was a way of doing things, an organized, structured way that things can be approached, um, a scientific way, if you will. <laughs> so that's kind of has been my approach is once I realized the problem, it was like, okay, now I have to create a program <laughs> to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah it's just so interesting to me just how that can happen at the same time <laughs> yeah I mean you're I I'm this is like so parallel to my own personal experience and it was like that 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 awareness was mm -hmm. really such a saving grace and like a tether to not mm -hmm. letting it go to the deep end yeah because um, I was studying yoga for 20 years as well and um so but I what so what did you what eventually kind of ended up being your program because um I guess I want to ask you this. So you, you know, you went, you had your ritual and your cleanse mm -hmm. in LA. Um, how did you move through like the, the first phase of, of sober living? Yeah, I feel like the first phase of it, like the first year to two years, um, I went back to being vegan. I did like, you know, I kind of got rid of, you know, I started doing like these raw food cleanses and things like that. So I kind of went more extreme on the opposite end to try to find that balance, right? Um, and for me, I really dove into meditation work. Um, that was something that was lacking that mm -hmm. kept coming up. Like when I would get readings and things like that, whoever, whoever did my reading, no matter what part of the world they were in, they would always tell me, you need to meditate. There's something inside of you that's trying to connect to you that you keep running from. My godfather would always tell me, um, to stop being afraid. My aunt, when she would give me readings, she would say, why do you keep stopping yourself from doing what you really want to do? Why won't you just do what you really want to do? Why, you know, like, she was like, you need to stop and meditate. You need to slow down. Um, so meditation work really became, I feel like the primary way of me finding that sustained balance and that sustained healing. Um, so in my uh, Black and Journey, Black and Sober Journey workbook, I, it's basically a book of meditations. That's really what it is, the book of, of meditation rituals that I used to help me get sober. So a lot of it is working with the inner child. Um, and it's a lot of visualization work, really, of just like going inside and basically going into that inner world and working there first, mm -hmm. because you can't do anything if you don't work with yourself first mm -hmm. if you don't get through all of those layers of anger of resentment of fear of you know dreams that you thought that you wanted to achieve that you didn't and all of those things that are constantly going through our mind um and causing us to take actions that could be harmful you have to work through those layers and um bring yourself to a point of peace with it yeah, beautifully said. Oh my gosh, the inner child work keeps coming up as a theme over and over again. And I, I didn't realize how expedited the process can be when you go in yeah. and take ownership of the layers of the self and really bring that little version of yourself into the present and just be like, 
hey, I got you, girl, you know? Exactly. No, literally, like I was saying in um, my last live, like I, because someone was asking me, um, we were talking about like sex and sobriety, and someone asked me if I felt like the things that were coming up were due to the trauma that I went through as a child. And I had to say, like, you know, actually, probably not, because I already did that work, mm -hmm. and my child self is chilling. Like, she's good. Like, she has on her little her little heart sunglasses and her Mickey Mouse bow, and she is happy, okay? Because <laughs> I let her know that we're good like I that was the the primary thing I did was be like look girl I'm grown now and I will never ever let anything happen to you again and I gave her a list of all of the tools that I've developed over the years and she just kind of sat back and was like oh okay can I have ice cream now and she just went she was like okay cool and she was so happy like we cried together and then we were good you know and um yeah, so that work really makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I'm so glad this is coming up because I, I just talked to someone else about inner child work and I didn't know about it. And I mean, I knew about it, but I hadn't experienced it myself until recently. And mm -hmm. yeah, and it really gives you this affirmation for yourself now as a grown woman to say, wow, look at all I have done. And now instead of, you know, blaming our parents, blaming the world, we can take ownership and like, for all of it and now a hundred percent responsibility for the good the not so great and be like yeah. I've, got, I've got this and so you're in complete control and I just think that that's so amazing one thing you said um that I just kind of I, I always find this so interesting with the parallel of kind of holistic living and um alcohol is that you talked about um this you thought that you had to have this heightened sense of awareness to be a writer. And I find that so fascinating because there is this like little bit of a facade with alcohol where at some point we do think that we're like in this higher consciousness state, but now yeah. obviously we know that that it was BS the whole time. So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you feel like you are approaching getting into that. I mean, you talked about meditation, but um, yeah, just kind of how you see the difference now between the realities of being a channel or a vessel for the work you need mm -hmm. to do rather than how alcohol was kind of the opposite of that all along. Absolutely. And you know, that's um, what you said about being a channel, being a vessel, you know, that in order to do that, you have to be empty and you have to be clear. And when you're drinking, you're actually full. And the thing that you're full of is your ego. The thing that you think that is, that is so, you know, so smart and so this not like, no, that's just your ego. Like, it's literally not the thing that you're, that you're supposed to be connecting to. So what I found is that that same experience um and really it's a, a dopamine experience right that that same experience you get you can actually get that from decreasing inflammation in your body you know the more that the inflammation decreases from your body the clearer you are the more you feel your circulation going through your body and that I think is actually the key is that circulation. When we drink, it speeds up a lot of circulation as we're drinking, right? We want the body gets a lot warmer, things start to move through, but things start to move through kind of at a mercury speed. Whereas when you're going on the opposite end and you're decreasing the inflammation, you're 
filling up with that same kind of dopamine response, but it's a natural response and it's coming kind of up and out and filling the body versus when you drink, it's feeding through and burning everything up. Mm-hmm. So as you're thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, you're actually burning, burning, burning mm-hmm. <laughs> and didn't even know it. And that's why you wake up on the other side kind of shriveled up really, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that image. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just, um, I'm just glad you brought up like the elements. Cause I just talked to this other woman who is like an alchemist and she works with plant allies and mostly essential oils. And she was just saying that the element of alcohol is this fire, but it's so extreme that the, then the water and the emotions come in to kind of dampen it down. Mm-hmm. So then we have this like fluidity um, that we, that's like this false sense of living, like this false mm-hmm. sense of being alive and in flow with life and it just gives us this really warped feeling of perception. But as we know, kind of like everything that goes up must come down. So on the other side of it, the the heightened pleasure is just met with that heightened pain. So yeah, a- lots of depression, lots of very yin type of feelings, lots yeah. of very, you know, you know, you start crying more, you know, you start weeping about, you know, the most random things, you know, all of that. Whereas when you're sober, when that balance of kind of water and fire and all of that happens, it happens at a more, a more livable speed, really, you know, when it comes up, you're able to work through it, whereas it doesn't come out like a flood. It's like it starts to trickle and you're like, oh, that kind of hurts. And you're able to work through and mend as it goes versus feeling as if you've torn open a huge wound um, every time that you experience it, you know, so yeah. Yeah, it's really what, in, in working from the perspective of actually having some tools like you do, and I would love for you to talk about some of the other stuff that you're doing out in the world, but um, is that you just notice that the natural cycles and rhythms of life are natural, and when we move with them, there's a subtlety to living, you know, that mm-hmm. becomes really beautiful, and it can hurt, and it can be sad to go back and look at some of the stuff, but there's, like you said, it's just not this extreme, and you have, there's a, more of a grace that flows with it. So yeah, I would love to know, um, some of the other tools that you, that you've used or that you've collected over the years that have really been supportive of your process of sobriety, um, and that you're, that you're offering out into the world. Yeah, most recently, I actually added in Reiki as a form of therapy, and that's been within the last, like, two years or so, and that's made a big difference tap into that intuition aspect, which was something that was being blocked, that's, that everyone would always say, oh, you got something that's trying to come through, but um, you need to slow down so you can see it. That was, I, I mean, that really was my intuition that was calling forth and wanting to have more expression and I really learned more about how to do that um, by doing Reiki. So Reiki is a form of energetic work that works through the chakras that allows for you to clear and balance those chakras and it also helps you connect to that inner world um, at a better rate too. So it's it's quite interesting. It was developed um, in Japan and it's just spread out, you know, amazing. Are any, what do you think was the biggest belief that shifted for you around alcohol from like when you were drinking to what you see now? Because I, because for me and for my audience, that's the really what I, 
what I work with is like, you know, our thoughts are creating these stories over and over again that we just look back and we end up, they end up just not even being true. Um, is there something that stands out for you? Yeah. So understanding that, you know, I have my own personal power. It's not based on cultural background. It's not based on, you know, just me needing to operate, you know, from the point of a male dominated, you know, society that as a woman, there are powers that I can tap into. And believe it or not, you know, being a healer or being in the center of wellness and things like that is a very feminine centered way of thinking. Um, so in a lot of ways, you know, in order to embrace your wellness, you do need to tap into that part of yourself. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that, that cause I find that with every, everyone I work with, it really is this disconnect between some of the divine feminine essence um, that's really been kind of shunned and um, not held to high standard in our society that really ends up being the key for healing to finding that part of the fullest expression of who you are and this really beautiful because it it's really the emotional waters right that we're that we're tapping into so that we can trust we can have self-trust of knowing who we are, what we need, what we don't want, saying yes, saying no. And when you're just kind of dampening that down all the time, um, you're really limiting your power. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, is there anything that you would say to someone that's kind of just starting on their their journey of sobriety that you a little tip that you would give them? or a message that you would like to send to them? Um, absolutely. Definitely take it slow. Um, and don't try to make any extreme changes in the beginning. So the extreme changes are kind of going to happen along the way as you heal. But nothing that you, there's nothing you need to do right now other than just be well and tap into wellness and wellness for many people are for different people is going to be different so for for you you know wellness may be increasing your water intake you know for right. you wellness may be you know stopping consuming dairy for a while and really listen to your own body to find out exactly what it is that you need to do instead of following someone else's formula. So it's good to listen to someone else. It's good to grab as many resources, as many stories, as many journeys, you know, learning about everyone's journey, but don't feel like you have to put on the cloth of that journey in order to heal and be well. Oh, that's such a great message because it really is this, it's really such an individual journey of the self and yeah, listening to your own personal intuition um, of what's coming through is what's so needed in the world in so many ways right now. I'm so glad that you said that. It's beautifully said. Um, there's so much information that in, like, it's so hard to hear your own thoughts anymore. And I just think, you know, that practice of meditation and going inward of like, okay, this is, this is good. I'm just going to keep this over here as like, an option, but what, you know, but what, what, what does my body really need in this moment? Um, Dina, tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing in the world and how 
you know, people can find you if they're local where you are, but I know you have offerings with the podcast and I would just love for everyone to hear about what that is and, and um, yeah, how we can get more of what you're doing. Yeah. So um, the way that you found me, I believe was through the black and sober podcast. So that is a really excellent way to just kind of find out more about my journey and things like that. And also um, to find out different resources and tools that um, are currently available for, you know, your sober journey, things like that. Um, Also in, you know, real life, so to speak, um, I've been in the wellness industry for the last 18 years. So I do a variety of things from body work, Reiki, skincare, um, so many different things. And all of that can be found on dinabarnes.com. Um, so the Black and Sober podcast, you can also follow me on Instagram at Black and Sober or at Dina Barnes Beauty. Uh, so there's quite a few ways you can reach out for sure. Yeah, and you have the Black and Sober workbook as well. Yes. So um, as I mentioned, uh, it is a really a meditation workbook, a visualization workbook, um, just with all of the things that I use for the last six years to assist with my wellness journey. Yeah, beautiful. And that's available on your website as well. It is. And also just on Amazon.com as well. Awesome. Do you do any work remotely with people for Reiki or any energy work? Yes, so I do offer distance Reiki sessions, um, so that's definitely an option. All right. Well, Dina, I just wanted to say thank you again so much for being on here, and I know we had a little coordination problem at the beginning, but I'm really (laughs) glad to meet you, and I'm just so excited for you and your journey and your beautiful family and and your next year, your next solar return around the sun, and so... Um, I just hope you have a beautiful day and thank you so much for being here, for sharing your journey and your medicine with our audience. Um, This is part of healing the world and, you know, we heal ourselves first and then we can help heal the world. So I just hope you have an amazing day. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for your patience as I'm running around the city here. (laughs) No, it was great. And I hope that we can connect in the future. And once, you know, things are back and we can all be together. I, I want to have a big, like sober get gathering sometime. I mean, you know, across the country, but I, I have this vision of like all of these people that I've interviewed and connected with that we can, I don't know, somehow meet up and throw a better party, you know? I love that idea for sure. Absolutely. Let's do that. <laughs> all right, Dina, have an amazing birthday and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye, Mary. Bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are in a whole new world again. Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.